Notre Dame fans got some bad news on Sunday as four-star signee Brandon Hillman was granted his release from his national letter of intent. But the good news? Sam Hartman spoke publicly for the first time since transferring to Notre Dame, and he had some really interesting things to say. That's all coming up next on this edition of Locked On Irish. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Irish. It is Monday, March 13th, and thank you for getting your week started with us and making this your first listen of the day. The show is free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, so whether you're watching or listening, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. My name is Tyler Rojack, and I am the host. I've been a huge Notre Dame fan for my entire life. I graduated from the university in 2018, and I've been podcasting about the football team for the past three years. Plus, I'm also a producer for the college football talent at the Fox Sports headquarters in L.A., Today, we're going to talk about Sam Hartman and everything he had to say in his first press conference as a member of the Fighting Irish. He spoke about Tommy Reese's decision to leave for Alabama, why he chose Notre Dame after putting his name in the transfer portal, and how he's been able to join the locker room during his first couple months on campus. But first, let's address the Brandon Hillman situation. So, on Sunday afternoon, Hillman posted a picture on his Instagram with a quote, Due to personal reasons, I have asked for and been granted my release from my NLI with the University of Notre Dame. I would like to thank Coach Freeman and the Notre Dame staff for their interest. I ask you to respect my privacy and my family's privacy as I explore my options on where to attend school this fall. End quote. He captioned this post, Sincerely 3, and stated that his recruitment is 1,000% open, not to be confused with 100% open. Um, Not really sure what that means, but glad we got that cleared up. Uh, This came as a big surprise to a lot of fans because Hillman seemed very locked into Notre Dame. He even tweeted out a video of him dunking a basketball a month ago and directed it to Irish fans. So clearly, things changed here. Now, I can't say with 100% certainty what happened here and the reason why he isn't coming to Notre Dame anymore. I'm not a reporter. It's not my job. But there are enough reports out there from multiple credible sources that have suggested that this was an academic issue. Again, I'm not reporting, but I feel comfortable sharing that information because it's already out there and you can go look it up yourself. Now, considering Helmut is still in high school, he's not an early enrollee, and admissions decisions for incoming undergraduate students are usually sent out by the school around this time, my educated guess is that he did not meet the academic standards to be admitted to Notre Dame. Again, I don't know all the specifics, but that seems to be the case here. I think we all understand that the admission standards for a regular undergraduate student aren't the same for athletes and other students who bring a little more t- to the table than the average student. And if you are or were an average student, don't get offended by me saying that because I was an average student too. And all I'm saying is I think we can agree that a guy on the football team who makes plays on Saturdays is probably bringing a little bit more revenue to the university than the guy who's 12 beers deep in the stadium lot before the games. Again, no judgments over here, no disrespect, but you get my point, right? Still, there is a standard and likely a list of criteria that needs to be met for any athlete to be granted admission to Notre Dame. And that criteria at Notre Dame is still a lot higher than most other big time programs out there. And in this scenario, it seems like Hillman wasn't able to meet that standard. So let's start with the obvious here. Uh, This is a really unfortunate deal for all the parties involved. I'm sure it's disappointing for Hillman and his family. 
I mean, he clearly wanted to go to Notre Dame and play there. That's why he committed. But ultimately, it didn't work out. And now Hillman will get the opportunity to play elsewhere. And judging by his Twitter account, he's already received uh, several offers to play at other top programs, including Michigan, LSU, uh, and a few other schools already. So teams are moving quick on him, and for good reason. He's a really good player. So some background on Hillman. Um, He was a relatively unknown prospect heading into his senior season in 2022. Notre Dame was actually pretty early on him compared to other schools. Uh, But when they first offered Hillman, he really didn't have a ton of other options. But then his stock kind of exploded after he had a really incredible senior season for Churchill High School uh, in Virginia. The thing with Hillman was... He played quarterback on his high school team, but he also played defense and was more of a run-first quarterback anyway. He basically did everything for his high school team. And, like, I'm sure you've seen a player out there who's the quarterback but also kind of acts as the running back and also plays defense, returns punts, kick returns, all that. Like, that's what Hillman was for his high school team. Um, And he's such a good athlete that he could conceivably play quarterback, running back, wide receiver, safety, or linebacker at the college level. But – He was adamant about playing quarterback in college, at least during the early stages of his recruitment, but he wasn't getting a ton of of looks uh, to play at that position at the next level, and I think that's part of the reason why he wasn't getting a ton of offers early on, but as more time went by, I think he became more open-minded about playing a different position at the next level, and then better programs started showing interest, and ultimately he committed to Notre Dame, where it looked like he was going to play safety. And then once five-star safety Peyton Bowen decommitted from Notre Dame on early signing day to commit to Oregon and then, you know, that whole thing where he ultimately ends up at Oklahoma, at that point it was pretty much certain that Hillman was at least going to start his Notre Dame career at safety. So as it pertains to this upcoming season, I really don't think this is a big deal for Notre Dame because for as good of an athlete as Hillman is, he has so much to learn about playing the safety position. And considering he didn't enroll for the spring semester, it seemed highly unlikely that he was going to be able to learn the position in time to beat out guys like Xavier Watts, Ramon Henderson, DJ Brown, who were all definitely going to be ahead of Hillman on the depth chart, at least to start. Um, and, And I guess in that, I should probably include Oklahoma State transfer Thomas Harper as well, but he's more of a nickel safety hybrid. Um, Plus, you got Adon Schuler and Ben Minnick, the two other safeties in this recruiting class. Uh, They're probably going to get it. They were probably going to start with a leg up on Hillman because they're more used to playing safety full time. Because, again, Hillman played every position in high school. And when he was on defense, it was more like seat ball, hit ball. And as we know, playing safety at the college level at the college level, excuse me, is a very difficult thing to do because not only do you have to play your position well, you need to know what coverage coverage everyone else needs to be in. And a lot of times, you're the person calling out those coverages once you get to the line of scrimmage. So that's a lot to ask uh, on a true freshman. So I don't think Hillman was going to get a ton of playing time this season at safety. Um, outside of maybe being a contributor on special teams. I doubt he would have seen the field much at all in 2023, and he probably would have been redshirted. But that being said, uh, let's not get it twisted here. This is still a huge loss for Notre Dame and their future depth at safety. Um, So now Notre Dame missed out on Bowen and Hillman in this past uh, recruiting cycle. That's not great. And and as I mentioned, Notre Dame did sign two four-star safeties in this recent recruiting class in Schuler and Minnick, but they completely whiffed on signing any safeties in 2022. So bringing in three to four guys who could play at the back end of the defense was a huge priority in this recruiting cycle. And now Notre Dame is only going to bring in half of that. 
DJ Brown is in his sixth year, plus Harper only has one year of eligibility left. Watson, Henderson, they're both juniors, so they'll probably be gone after uh, the next two years. So um, the depth of underclassmen at the position, it's not in a good place, especially now without Hillman. There is a chance uh, that Notre Dame could still pick up a safety in the portal in May once it reopens, but given what we know about Notre Dame's ability or inability is probably a a better word for it, to pick up undergraduate transfers, any safety transfer they do get would probably be a grad transfer with only one year left of eligibility. And now, don't get me wrong, that would still be a very welcome addition for the depth chart, but probably wouldn't do a ton for the future at that position, and that's what we're really concerned about here. Now, I'm sure someone's out there who's like, well, what about Brandon Joseph? He was a safety in an undergrad transfer. I get that, but that was a unique circumstance because he went to Northwestern, a school that academically aligns with Notre Dame, um, and Notre Dame was able to move quickly on him. But if you're Notre Dame, you you probably can't count on finding another Brandon Joseph in the portal, um, especially in May after the first wave of transfers has already passed. So where does Notre Dame go from here? Well, first, they have to be very, very aggressive recruiting safeties in the class of 2024. This is a huge class for safeties coach Chris O'Leary. Like I said, they didn't sign any safeties in the class of 2022. They'll bring in two guys now in the class of 23. So now they need three minimum in this next class, hopefully four if they can. I know four seems a lot, but they almost had in this past class before things fell apart. But as of now, the only defensive backs committed in the class of 2024 are four-star Leonard Moore and three-star Carson Hobbs, but both are listed as cornerbacks. And I have no reason to believe that they won't play cornerback once they get to Notre Dame. So Notre Dame certainly has their work cut out for them as they try to fill these holes uh, because they're very thin in the underclass and ranks at safety right now. And it definitely needs to be addressed ASAP in this class. Now, In the short term, they could also move a player to safety to try to help with depth this upcoming season. But again, this isn't like a long-term fix. They could theoretically move Clarence Lewis to safety. I know that's been thrown around now that it's pretty clear he's not going to be a starting quarterback next season unless uh, Cam Hart or Benjamin Morrison gets injured. So could you put Lewis back there in your last season? Uh, Maybe. I, I would certainly guess that they would cross train him there in the spring or in the summer just to see what he can do back there. But you're only doing that really to just kind of put a bandaid on it, right? Like it's not going to fix the problem uh, entirely. Like theoretically uh, it's looking like Watts and Henderson are going to be the likely starters. And then you got Harper playing Nichols, then uh, DJ Brown and Clarence Lewis could be the backups. Like again, that, that could help the situation this year. I'm not saying it's not, but the real issue is how this, hurts the future of Notre Dame at safety, and uh, it's really not great. So Notre Dame is going to have to be proactive here. They're going to have to sign guys um, in this upcoming recruiting class, and maybe you know they'll strike gold in the portal come May. But I, I, to be honest, I, I don't really see that happening. I'm hoping to have recruiting insider Mike Singer from Blue and Gold on the show this week uh, to talk about the, this developing situation as well as a bunch of other recruiting stuff because I haven't really talked about recruiting a ton on this show yet, but that will definitely change here in the near future. Um, that's what they call a tease in the industry, folks. Not bad, right? Speaking of teases, Sam Hartman spoke to the media last week for the first time since trans- transferring to Notre Dame. Hear what he had to say and what it all means coming up next. But before we get to that, let's talk about Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the Brownie Batter Puff Bar, and if you want your team to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff, and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be in 
entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan, fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. And what makes Built bars or puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick today. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, folks, it's tournament time, so grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown with national analysis and the insights from our local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown, say that five times fast, has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Okay. So, at the end of last week, several new members of the Fighting Irish football team spoke to the media for the first time, including all of the transfers on the offensive side of the ball, as well as almost all of the early enrollees. Uh, among this list was a guy some of you might have heard of by now. His name is Sam Hartman. He's a quarterback on this uh, Notre Dame team. He addressed the media for the first time since transferring fr- from Wake Forest. And to be honest, I thought he was really insightful. And certainly, any speculation about whether he's committed to play football at Notre Dame this year can be put to bed now. You can check out the full thing on the Notre Dame Football YouTube page. But there were two quotes that stood out to me uh, that I want to talk to you about today. So this first one was in response to Blue and Gold's Tyler Horka, I believe, who asked about why Hartman chose to come to Notre Dame. Kind of the biggest reason was just it was an opportunity to, to play football um, and play football at, you know, in college at a high level. Um, I think, you know, often I see people that are done with school or run out of eligibility or even have eligibility and declare, and, um, you know, that opportunity never comes again. And, you know, the, the thing... I think that makes football so special is you can't just, you know, wake up one day and say, I'm going to go play. Um, There's very few opportunities and and the opportunities come and go very quickly. Hartman elaborated more in his full statement, but I want to focus on this part here because I thought it was really interesting. We all know a big reason why Hartman decided to come to Notre Dame was to improve his NFL draft stock by playing in a more pro-style offense as opposed to the slow-mush stuff he was running at Wake Forest that most scouts believe uh, does not translate to the next level. And Hartman Talked about that a little bit later on. But let's dive into this quote here for a bit because we already knew the NFL stuff already. To me, this quote shows maturity and a level of self-awareness that you don't always see in college athletes. Now, it makes sense that Hartman is more mature than most because he's 24 years old, for God's sakes. I mean, I'm only two years older than him, but college seems like an eternity ago for me. But that's obviously not the case with Hartman. He sounds like a guy who realizes that he might be nearing the end of the road of his football playing days. Now, key word there is might, because like ask any athlete who's ever played at that high of a level, and they'll tell you that's not something that's easy to admit. Uh, it's easy to admit when you're near the end. And I'm sure 
Hartman is still very confident in himself that he'll prove the doubters wrong. He'll have a great season this year at Notre Dame, and then he'll position himself to get drafted and go on to have a really successful NFL career. And I'm not saying that won't happen. I think that definitely could happen. And he should think that because I think he's definitely capable of that, and he's been productive enough at the college level to prove that he can really play. But we all in life have to understand that the reality is sometimes, even though we think something will happen, it might not. Okay, and he seems to understand that it might not work out for him. And if it doesn't work out for him in the NFL, then this might be it for his football playing career. And he he might have one year left of really good football being the starter on a big stage before it all ends. Now, there's a scenario where he could go on to the NFL, play a few years as a backup, make some really good money and then walk away. And that's very admirable. But I think we can all agree that that experience isn't the same as being the guy on a big-time college team competing for a national championship, and that's the opportunity that he has this season at Notre Dame. And like, and like Hartman said there, once you're done playing football, you're done for life. It's not like basketball or golf where you can kind of keep playing after you're retired, albeit just not as competitively as before, obviously, but you can still go out and play and scratch that itch. That's not the case for football, and I don't care – you know, what level you played at, whether it be pro, college, or high school, if you played football and you really cared about it, you miss it for the rest of your life once it's all over. I mean, hey, I played football in high school. I absolutely loved it, but I wasn't nearly good enough to play in college, and I still miss being able to play football all the time. And I played other sports, of course, but none of them compared to the experience of playing football, uh, at least not in my opinion. So I can't even imagine how, how much those guys who had the chance to suit up on the biggest stages in college, how much they miss it when their time is up. And it seems like Hartman is pretty aware of that. But he's not done yet, right? Like, he's got an unbelievable opportunity ahead of him. And I think this quote should honestly be really exciting to hear for Notre Dame fans, right? Like, what's the scariest thing in life? A guy who has nothing to lose. And Hartman is going to give everything he has this season because no matter what, if he makes it in the NFL or not, This is his last chance to compete at the highest levels of college football, and I'm so excited to watch him play this season, even more so than I was before, because I think he just gets it, right? Like, he's been in college for a really long time, and a lot of guys, that can kind of drive him away and, like, just be like, all right, look, like, I've done the college thing for long enough. Like, I want to go to the NFL and give it it my best shot. Like, I'm sort of over this. That's not the case with Hartman. Like, he could have done that already and given the NFL a good shot, but... The dude loves football, and he wants to keep playing, and that's that's awesome to hear because, frankly, like, we all get it now. College is minor league pro football. Like, it is what it is, and guys are constantly looking to go to the next level. Harmon's not. I mean, I know that's the goal eventually, but he wants to just keep playing football at a high level wherever he can at the place that gives him the best opportunity to do so, and that's why he chose Notre Dame, and I think that's really cool. Now, as for the responses we've all been waiting for, Here's what Harmon had to say about Tommy Reese's decision to leave for Alabama. You'll hear me say this phrase a thousand times, but um, kind of that whole process, it is what it is. Um, I think um, obviously it was a great opportunity for him, and um, there's no hard feelings there. Um, again, we just got out of a QB meeting. We've been meeting since uh, you know Coach Parker took the role, and then you know obviously Gino, um, Coach Gino's just kind of come in and um again he's you know taking this thing by the reins for the quarterbacks and it is what it is I love that quote has anyone has anyone in the history of human civilization said it is what it is about something that they were super happy about like hey congrats on your promotion how do you feel huh you know it is what it is 
Or something like, hey, congrats on the newborn. How does it feel to be a parent? Uh, you know, is what it is. Baby's all right. A little dramatic, I guess. Like, that doesn't happen. So, look, even though Hartman didn't say a ton about Reese's decision, he didn't have to. Like, we all, we all know what he meant, and that's okay. I think we all understand why he would be pissed at how it all turned out. Like, Reese recruited him to come play in his offense, pro-style offense, by the way, which we know is important for Hartman. Um, and Hartman decided to take him up on the opportunity just to watch Reese bolt out the door after like a week, like a dad who left for milk and cigarettes and never came back. So I would have been pissed if I were Hartman too. To be honest with you guys, I was one of the people worried Hartman might leave too after Reese left, but clearly that's not how he gets down. And honestly, good for him for how he's handled this situation because he would later go on to say that the circumstances he's dealing with now will benefit him at the next level because he's entering a new situation with very few familiar faces, which is exactly what he's going to have to do at the next level. So good on him for finding the good in this and kind of spinning it and being like, all right, well, this is unfortunate. This isn't what I signed up for, but I could still make the most out of this. And this is still a great opportunity. So now he has a chance to show that he can thrive in a similar situation in his one season at Notre Dame that he likely will have or likely will experience once he does go to the NFL next year. Because once you get to the NFL, you're not going to be around a bunch of people who you know you played with for years, at least not when you start. I mean, the team drafts you or they sign you after going undrafted, but it's not like a recruiting. Like You don't have a say in it, right? They're drafting you. You have to show up. You're playing for coaches you probably didn't know super well beforehand, and you got to deliver. you got to be a leader to a bunch of guys on the roster who you don't really know, especially during the early stages of your career. So Hartman has that mindset where he's taking this opportunity. He's kind of treating it basically like an NFL rookie year where he's coming in. He's the new guy. He's got to be the leader. But the difference is at Notre Dame, he's going to be counted on to be the guy, most likely, assuming he beats out Tyler Buckner uh, in the quarterback competition. But it's a great opportunity for him. And I, I really think that if you're a Notre Dame fan hearing this, you're going to be even more excited about Sam Hartman and what he's going to do this year at Notre Dame. Because, look, I know it's just one press conference, and we're going to hear from Sam Hartman a lot more while he's at Notre Dame. But I thought he made an incredible first impression, and I can't wait to see what he's able to do on the field in a few weeks once spring practice really gets rolling here. All right, coming up next, we'll wrap up the show with a brand new segment, so stay tuned for that. But first, I want to tell you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and threes made. Uh, For my pick tonight, I'm going to take the Warriors to cover four and a half against the Suns. The Suns will be without Kevin Durant, obviously, but I watched Steph go absolutely nuclear on Saturday night to come back and beat the Bucs in overtime almost single-handedly. It was one of the best performances I've ever seen from Steph, and that's that's saying something because I've watched him kill my Cavs countless times in the NBA Finals. So give me the dubs to keep it going and get the win in the cover tonight at home. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 at bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, new segment alert. We're going to wrap up today's show with a new segment called Shoutouts and Closeouts. I'm going to be completely honest. I borrowed the name from the podcast formerly known as Titus and Tate with Mark Titus and Tate Frazier, but I feel comfortable using the name because I used to work on the show and now it's canceled. Um, Mark left to, Mark left Fox to work at Barstool. Tate went back to the ringer and now the show is no more. 
sadly. Uh, rest in peace. I loved listening to that show before I started working on it, and I absolutely love the experience of being a part of that show. So sadly, it's over. But that being said, we can at least keep one of the segments alive in a new variation on this show. And by the way, you could be include, included in this segment as well. You can hit me up directly uh, or hit up the show accounts on Twitter at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod, and let me know what you want to give a shout out to. The best ones will make it on the show. Um, my plan right now is to do this every Monday going forward to include the best stuff from the weekend. Um, and it doesn't always have to be Notre Dame related either. Most of it will be, but if there's a really good shout out that doesn't involve ND, I have no problem including it on the show. Um, all right, so for this week, we got a couple shout-outs here. First on the list, shout-out to the Notre Dame women's hoops team. They earned a three-seed in the 2023 NCAA tournament, and by being named one of the top 16 overall seeds, the Irish will host first and second round games at Purcell Pavilion this weekend. Uh, the first round game will be this Friday, which, as I'm sure all of you know, is St. Patrick's Day, so you got to think the Irish are a lock to win on, at home on St. Patty's Day, right? Uh, they will play number 14 seed Southern Utah in the first round, and if they get past them, they'll face the winner of six seed Creighton and either 11 seed Illinois or Mississippi State. So Illinois and Mississippi State will play each other in the playing game. Then the winner of that game will face Creighton, and the winner of that game will likely have to face the Irish in the second round on Sunday. We've talked a lot about the men's hoops team on this show, but obviously they won't be playing in this year's NCAA tournament on the men's side. So if you want to cheer on the Irish during March Madness, give it, give the women's team uh, your attention. From what I understand, they'll be without star guard Olivia Miles, who's still uh, dealing with a knee injury. It's really unfortunate, but they still got a good chance to make it to the second weekend uh, and make the sweet, sweet 16 for the second year in a row. Uh, next up. Shout out to the Notre Dame men's lacrosse team. The Irish Lacs team are ranked number two in the country this year, and they look unstoppable so far. They absolutely dominated, I mean, dominated Ohio State on Saturday by a final score of 16 to 3. Ohio State is no slouch either. They were ranked 10th coming into the game, but Notre Dame outscored the Buckeyes 11 to 1 over the final 30 minutes of play to win by 13 goals and remain unbeaten on the season. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know a hell of a whole lot. Uh, about lacrosse, but beating the 10th ranked team in the country 16 to 3 seems good. Uh, but my estimation, again, not an expert, does seem good. Plus, it's always get great to get a win against Ohio State in any sport. Like, they are the most hateable team uh, outside of their men's basketball team. Shout out Chris Holman, come to Notre Dame. Um, it hasn't, beating Ohio State hasn't happened a ton for Notre Dame in recent years, at least not in the football field or the basketball court. Uh, but we'll take the wins over the Buckeyes when we can get them. Uh, hopefully, the football team will finally be able to get over the hump and get a win over those guys on September 23rd in Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, the early line for that game actually came out recently. Uh, okay, so FanDuel has the Irish as 10-point underdogs against Ohio State uh, despite playing at home. So Vegas clearly not super high in Notre Dame's chances six months out. But does that mean anything? I mean... Not really. Uh, FanDuel is giving Ohio State their third best odds to win the national championship at plus 750. They're only behind Georgia and Alabama, which you know certainly makes sense given what we saw last year and what we saw in the playoff and honestly what those teams are returning. But since we're on the topic, FanDuel is giving Notre Dame the 10th best odds to win the national championship next year at plus 2,500. So if you bet $100 today on FanDuel for Notre Dame to win the national championship, you would make $2,500. I'm just saying. Pretty good value. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. On the way out, please remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod, and my personal Twitter account at Tyler Wojak. That's at Tyler W O J C I A K. 
For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, with experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton. They bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.